0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay at home mom life to help other women with their work life balance journey or their motherhood journey so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to One of a Kind You, welcome. I am so excited that you st- decided to join us today. Uh, this podcast is a platform where I share a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago, and I reflect now on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then when I was in the depths of my struggles. And if you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, I am so excited that you decided to come back again for another episode. So this journal entry is from March 22nd, 2016, and I write, he sent me a really heartfelt text this morning to let me know he is trying to be mindful about giving me a break and to let him know I can talk to him about it when I start to feel overwhelmed instead of waiting until I'm frustrated. I'm thankful he is trying to be mindful of things because it makes my mental anguish reduced and easier to cope with since it reminds me I'm not being taken advantage of. Yesterday was hard because I felt physically and mentally drained. My brain felt heavy in my head. I just wanted to sleep. Of course, I didn't get the chance to rest because the HVAC guys were here and Casey didn't rest. By the time we got home from getting Lily from school, I was done. I felt bad because the girls wanted me to play and I said no so I could sit on the couch. I'm not sure if I was tired because I had no break for four days and the weekend was busy to top it off or if it was because my period had just finished. I'm really not sure. I'm glad I feel less tired today. I'm still having a hard time being fully present with Casey. I'm trying really hard to engage her and limit the amount of time in front of the TV. It's hard though at times because she is all over the place and I struggle to use my imagination. I'm really trying to follow her lead and play how she plays. It all comes back to my childhood. I hate always blaming my past for the problems I have today. But can't help it. It is incredible how much your past can impact the present and future. I'm ready to move on and to move forward. I'm considering reworking the inner child book and trying the codependency book I ordered recently to help jumpstart the process. So it was great that Pete sent me the text. Um, That helped for sure with being seen and validated for all that I do for the kids and did in that moment because um, the dynamic with my husband and me hasn't really changed much. He still has a busy, crazy work schedule, and I'm still the primary um, caregiver for our kids during the day and in the evening most times because of his schedule, and I'm just more equipped to handle it now than I was then so I, at this point in time, I remember this feeling of just being tired all the time and my brain feeling heavy in my head. And I think part of it was diet because it wasn't eating properly. Um, I haven't written about this yet, but I'm almost certain at this time I had gone to, or maybe it was a year later because of this, but there was a point in time where I went to, um, a re- a resource center here in our community that's run by the local university. Um, and it's, um, called Star Health, so they have health coaching, life coaching. They have their um, students who are majoring in physical fitness and physical therapy, and personal trainer. That's what I'm I'm thinking of personal trainer. Uh, they'll do a physical fitness assessment for you and create a, a workout plan for you. And so, um, when I had gone to see the the health coach who specializes in nutrition. Um, she remarked that I wasn't eating enough calories per day and I wasn't eating enough protein and from all the food groups. So that explained the tired, heavy feeling of feeling like my brain was always in my head because it was weighing a ton in my head because I wasn't eating properly and I wasn't probably drinking enough water and I wasn't getting any physical exercise. So it was the whole physical fitness piece, the the body welfare piece that I I wasn't factoring into in this situation. And I was also incredibly tired because I was managing the kids a lot by myself, and I was also managing um, going to therapy and coping with all of the things that were coming up in therapy. So I had a lot mentally on my mind too. so there wasn't there was the physical piece where I wasn't caring for myself properly physically in terms of diet and exercise. But then there was also a mental piece because I was processing all of these things that I was learning in therapy that were really emotionally hard to handle and draining. And then um, trying to also be present for my kids and my husband and take care of the animals and manage all the house things I mean it's a it was a huge undertaking that I had on my plate at the time and I wasn't giving myself the breaks that I needed I was putting this insane amount of pressure on myself to um, to be all the things all the time and so you can only do that so much before you become exhausted and run down and I was at this point um, of being there because I had Casey home every day and then Lily too and I had us way over scheduled with after school activities um and things to, and trying to keep Casey busy during the day so we had tried a mommy and me group we had tried a group at the library there was um a movers and shakers group and I didn't do those things terribly often but I tried you know I looked and on top of it I was trying to homeschool Casey with preschool curriculum so that she would be ready for preschool when she went um, that fall. So it was a lot, just a lot on my plate. And I, and so because of that, because of that being tired and that exhausted feeling, it perpetuated the feelings of mom guilt, of not being good enough, of feeling like I let my kids down. And now that my girls are eight and a half and 11 and a half, I don't think they have any memory of me saying no, I'm not playing today on March twenty second, twenty sixteen, because they ended up playing with each other, and I had done so many other things for them that it probably never crossed their little minds to be like, oh, my mom's not being present with me because she's too tired. So they they were resilient in that way. I it was a story I was telling myself that um, you know I'm not being present, I'm tired. I'm a bad mom, I should feel guilty, I'm not doing enough, all of those things, and so what I needed to do was just to just be present with myself in the moment and say, you know what, Kim, you are tired, it's been a busy day, it's been a busy four days, it's been a busy weekend, it's okay to say to the girls, I'm not playing right now because I'm going to sit down, I'll set the timer for 30 minutes, and when the timer goes off, then I will play if you girls still want to play, or... I'm going to set the timer for an hour when the timer goes off something, but being able to be flexible with myself in the same way that I tried to be flexible with my kids. So that way I could have those moments where I could just sit down and catch my breath for a minute. And then the lack of imagination with Casey, that goes back to, you know, to, I didn't use my imagination when I was little, um, not to throw my parents under the bus, but I didn't have a lot of Imaginative toys. My dad had the custody custody of me for the majority of the time, so I went to my mom's house every other weekend, and um, one evening for a couple of hours to have dinner with her during the week. And those nights were usually when uh, my dance class was scheduled or a baton was scheduled, so my mom didn't even really see me then. She would pick me up from the daycare provider feed me and then t- take me right over to my activity, and then from my activity, she would take me home. Um, so I really only saw my mom every other weekend. At my mom's house, I played school all the time. At my dad's house, I played school all the time. Even when I was only in kindergarten, I played school all the time. But I didn't grow up with a kitchen set. I didn't have dress-up clothes. Um, I did. I had a Cabbage Patch kid, but I didn't really have a lot of baby doll accessories to go with them, like clothes to change, into them, change them into a baby doll cradle um play food i didn't have those kinds of things so i really the only way that i really used my imagination was playing school Um, i remember having a little hairdressing kit i can remember doing my dad's hair what was left of it um but i had a tv in my room at five and that's because i had a single dad who didn't want to watch little kids shows so i had my tv that i watched he had his tv that he watched um but i didn't really engage in a lot of imaginative play so I would, when I would go over to the little girl's house who lived behind me, she had gobs of Barbies, gobs of baby dolls, but the difference is she was being raised by a single mom. So I would go to her house, and it was, it was a stretch. I didn't really know how to use my imagination then, so I followed what she did. And so um, so I was trying to do the same thing with Casey, but it was hard Because when I had done that with Lily, tried using my imagination, she often told me that I was wrong, or I wasn't saying it correctly, or I needed to do it this way, and I had done it differently, and she, as a little kid, wasn't willing to give me the flexibility to be imaginative with her in my own way, and I would get frustrated because I always felt like, gosh, I don't feel good enough as a mom, and now I'm not good enough for you to play with because you're telling me I'm wrong all the time. So that was a childhood trigger for sure to be told that you're not enough. And so I think on some level, I didn't really allow myself to fully get down into it with Casey and play, like really play with her because I was so worried that she was also going to tell me that the way that I play, I was playing wasn't good enough and to do it this way instead of this way, or to do this instead of that. And so I was terrified on some level to be vulnerable because I didn't want to be rejected again because I had been rejected so much. And so now I am silly with my girls or I try to engage with them in um like a very fun way and you know they're at the age now where they roll their eyes at me and say that I'm embarrassing but that's okay because I, I still do it anyways because I'm more willing now to be vulnerable with them because I understand where that fear of vulnerable vulnerability came from and so what I should have allowed myself to do in that moment is to play with Casey the best that I could and to just allow myself to be completely free, but also to be compassionate with myself and say, you know what, you're trying, you're doing the best that you can in this moment. And that's all that you can do, Kim. And that is good enough is to do the best that you can in this moment without creating all of these, um, unserving stories around the situation of, oh, I'm not present and I'm not using my imagination. I'm not doing it this way and I should do it that way. And, and just saying, okay, what are we doing today? Casey wants to do this. We're going to do this, and I'm going to do it the best that I can, and that's good enough. And however long she plays for, great. And if you get to the point where you say, okay, Casey, it's time for you to play by yourself, but you're still in the room, and you're with her, and you're engaging with her, talking with her, and asking her questions, that's also enough too. And to really just recognize that I didn't have to be quote-unquote on stage 100% of the time 24-7. Because that also is exhausting and not serving or, you know, productive on some level. So really just allowing myself to recognize where the struggles were, the root cause of them. And it was a lot of childhood issues of, you know, fear of vulnerability, fear of rejection, or I should say avoiding rejection and um, giving myself the space and the permission and the freedom to to be who I am and to, to just give myself that freedom to do that and showcase you that it's okay to be vulnerable with someone and to, to mess up and to make a mistake because that person, if they love you, will say, oh, you tried and that's the best that you can do and showing her how to have compassion and grace with others instead of forcing myself to fit into this mold and of perfection, um, which because that on some level prevented me from being present. So really just saying, okay, I need a break. That's okay. I'm giving myself permission to take that break. I'm giving myself permission to play with my kids in whatever way feels right for me. And this also kind of goes back to adult relationships too. You know, there were times where I didn't say things to my husband um, that I was struggling. And it took for me to basically get to the point where I was in complete overwhelm because I didn't want to be too vulnerable with him because I didn't know what his response was going to be or his reaction was going to be to my complaints or my feelings or where I was in that moment. So that's why I kept it all bottled in until it got to the point where I just was overwhelmed overwhelmed and completely unloaded like a short fuse. And so really just, you know, recognizing that all I wanted was sleep and giving myself permission to have that moment, maybe not to sleep, but just to have some downtime. So I hope this episode was helpful for you today. This is a shorter one. And if you found it helpful, or if you feel like there's someone who can take something away from it that, you know, please feel free to share it with them. And always, if you have questions and you want more information, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. Thanks again so much for listening.